interrupt this show with a late-breaking bulletin. Insane Mike here, and Attack of the Killer Podcast is super excited to announce that we are now being sponsored by Shudder. That's right, Shudder, the premium screening service for us horror fans. So what I want to do right now is take a moment and tell you a little bit about Shudder, if you don't know already. Like, Shudder is awesome, and I know we've talked about it on the show quite a bit, um, but now that we are uh, teaming up with Shudder, I want to give you the full scoop. If you have not signed up for Shudder yet, you need to do it now. You can stream great horror movies and suspense films for $4.99 a month or $49.99 for a year. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Um, We just kind of... We always kind of refer to it as the netflix for horror fans it's really cool man like i check it constantly because there's always new spine tingling thrilling shocking horror and edge of your seat suspense added every single week you sign up for it you get unlimited access to stream ad free on all your favorite devices you know such as your iphone ipad apple tv xbox um, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, Android devices. It's pretty cool because Shutter also has a unique collection of exclusive and original films and series, horror classics, and blockbuster hits. Yeah, they got some great exclusives too, like they did that sweet, sweet Joe Bob Briggs' Last Drive-In, which I've watched over and over and over again. It's really cool. You can watch that stuff at your leisure, or you can watch like the actual live streaming as well. Um, So sometimes I'll just click and put it on just the live streaming just to have something in the background. I'm telling you, if you have not experienced Shudder yet, man, you have to check it out. It is super cool. I mean, if you are a horror fan of any type, I swear to you, there's something on there for every type of horror fan. It's great. I mean, when I first got Shudder, I was so excited. They had a crap ton of Jalo movies on there. I'm like, who does that? You can't find Jalo on Netflix or Hulu, but you can find that on Shudder, man. Super, super exciting. Super awesome. So... I say check it out. Now, what we're going to do, since Attack of the Killer Podcast has formed this partnership with Shudder, we are so excited that we are going to give you guys free 30-day trial of Shudder. That's right. You could try Shudder for free for 30 days. Go to Shudder.com backslash podcast and use the promo code AOTKP. That's right. A-O-T-K-P. Put in that promo code and you can get Shutter for free for 30 days. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So check it out. Check out Shutter today if you don't already have this service. Because it is super awesome. And now, back to the show. I have all the supplies I need for my first day back at school. I've got my pencils, markers, my notebook bound in human flesh, some lunch money, my chainsaw, and of course, my Faces of Death DVD box set for show and tell. That's right, we're heading back to school for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast! Yay! Attention planet Earth and beyond! Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Podcast! Attack of the Killer Podcast! 
Good morning, students. I am your principal, Insane Mike, and today, uh, today's class, we will be learning about horror movies that take place or involve school or kids in school. Um, Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We all get together and we talk about films within a specific topic. So we oh, we talk freely in, during this, so there's probably going to be spoilers, so just to warn you about that. Now, if you are a first-time listener to the show, uh, maybe you found us through our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Uh, the PFPN is a network designed to be a home for many like-minded yet highly unique shows such as Midnight Snacks, My Bloody Hook, Land of the Creeps, All About Movies, Story by Podcast, Fiasco Brothers Watch a Movie, Horrorcast, My Bleeding Ears, Atomic Way to Cheese, and our newest addition to the um, Prescribed Films Podcast Network, the Gore, the Gore Score. So that's it. What why are you laughing at me? Well, I didn't know if you you said it right. I didn't say anything. All right. Yeah, the Gore Just Score. They're awesome. Laughing at me. Just you're so funny and entertaining. Uh-huh. So you can check out The Gore Score and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. That's thepfpn.com. Okay, I'll do it. About time. Do you have, do you have money that you're not using? Do you, <laughs> has anyone ever answered yes do, to that? Do you find yourself burning $1 bills because they're beneath you? Does the inside of your couch look like King Solomon's mine? Well, then our Patreon is perfect for you. You can become a supporter of the show at patreon.com backslash A-O-T-K-P. You can choose from various levels to get different bonus materials, such as bonus episodes, special videos, Insane Mike's one-minute top ten lists, and so much more. So that's patreon.com backslash A-O-T-K-P. Go there. Choose what level best suits you. You don't have to jump right in and do the full ten dollars. No, you can just do the one dollar. Yeah, a month. That's it. That's it. Easy. And one of the features that you get when you um, become a Patreon supporter is you can get a shout out on the show, and we have shout outs on the show for the. Uh, for this episode. Yeah, we got a new patron. Yeah. Larry Ooh. Watanabe. Ha! You thought I was going to say it wrong, didn't you? We'll see when Larry... We'll see what he says. But that's not right? No, I think it's right. But just because you Larry. said it means it'll probably be wrong. Yeah, Larry. Okay. Yeah, you got that right. See what happens, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> so it's Larry Watanabe. I'm assuming it's Watanabe uh-huh. because... I can't remember his first name, but uh, the guy uh, from UHF um, who does That's Wheel of reference. Fish, his last name is Watanabe, and it's the same. Yes, thank you. <laughs> no more Yankee, my Winky. That's right. Um. Anyway, so Larry is also from my bleeding ear from my bleeding ears podcast, which is right here on the PFPN. The Prescribed Films Podcast Network. So check out their show is awesome. Seriously, it really is. Check it out. They have a movie of the week. They always talk about a movie, and he kind of does his like homage to Joe Bob and has kind of a count at the end. You know, yeah. Uh, 
But how they many, don't they. But how many penises he had? Because yeah, equal they opportunity. They don't do boobs. They they also do penises. That's right. Yeah. Equal opportunity. That's right. That's a great show. It is a really great show. So, so thanks, Larry, for being a patron. Really appreciate it. Helps yes. a lot. Thank yep. you, Larry. Th- this is for you. Now, all that's out of the way, we let's move on to the show in hand. But first, it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He ripped his teacher's eyes out because he wanted to expel his pupils. Andrew Wassum. <laughs> yeah, glad, glad, glad to be here. Um... I heard that you guys were going to have uh, Yui Bull give like a three-hour dissertation on how convincing <laughs> Tara Reid was as a museum curator in Alone <laughs> in the Dark. But you lost the bet and you got me. So, you're right. <laughs> uh, next up, his date to prom was a bucket of pig's blood. Tad good, everybody. Hello. I don't have any, any uh, long good jokes written, so Hi. <laughs> He flunked Tomek, and three of his class classmates went missing because he used the Jeffrey Dahmer cookbook by mistake. Jason Bollinger. Oh, hey everybody, how's it going? Thanks for listening. Happy to be here. Is the show over? Oh, <laughs> no. Just, Thank you and good night. <laughs> thank everybody for and listening. That's our show. <clears throat> cool. All right, so. I'm going to turn it over to Tad now, because everybody's probably sick of listening to me talk. Yeah, we are all... Wait, you're saying the listeners, not just us on the podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's kick off what we watched. If you are a first-time listener, shame on you, but welcome. We're just going to go around and talk about what we've watched that's not on this episode. And because I run this segment, I'm going to go first so I can uh, spoil everyone else's <laughs> Damn <fun>. you! <laughs> <laughs> and what I watched this weekend, and watched probably ten times before this weekend, but I couldn't talk about it until now is a new documentary called Wolfman's Got Nards by director Andre Gower, who also stars in The Monster Squad. Woo. And this documentary is making the rounds at festivals right now. It's really, really good. It's his first, uh, I believe, his first um, directing gig. It's told f- from his sort of perspective, but a lot of other perspectives as well. It's more of a documentary on fandom in general, cult films, and obviously a lot of Monster Squad, but it's a very interesting look at the film, and it's definitely not a making of. It's it's a little it has a little bit of everything in it, but it's it's not a retrospective. It sort of tells the story. It tells uh, the story from the fans' perspective. It's it's fantastic. If you are able to get to a screening anywhere, do it because I'm not sure when when you'll be able to catch it as far as video on demand or anything. Mm. I don't think that's, that's anytime soon, but that's what I'm going to go with for what I watched. I haven't had a whole lot of time for other stuff, but that's definitely been the highlight and I've been waiting to talk about it. So, <laughs> Man, it was so good, wasn't it? 
It was so fantastic. I and loved it because it was different than your normal yeah. duck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it starts off with and no spoilers, but it talks. About, it starts off with um, people talking about their sort of first moment, their the movie that they remember as a you know that's special to them, and it, most people aren't talking about Monster Squad, and that's what's cool about it is that. It is about the Monster Squad, but it's about the fandom of Monster Squad and the fandom in general of film. So, I loved it, and I the first time I saw it, it gave me all the feels. It's pretty emotional at times. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and great job on Andre and Henry on making this thing. They they shot it. I mean, you, you'll you'll hear all about it soon, but I <laughs> I loved it. It's fantastic. If you get a chance, go see it. So I will move on from that. Just just my recommendation, go see it. And I probably ruined uh, Jason and Mike's what we watched. So <laughs> let's, let's go to Jason. What did you watch, Jason? I watched Wolfman's Cotton Nards. <laughs> it was really good. No, uh, I got one more that I got to watch between last and now. It's, uh, this movie, I'm pretty sure Mike's talked about it. And I know he likes it, because it was pretty good. Murder Party. Nice! Finally saw Murder Party. Good for you. Yeah, that was freaking great. Yeah. I really liked it. It's a lot of fun. I agree. What is it? It's a movie. (laughs) It's kind of a... Just a a guy uh, gets in all the wrong places at all the wrong times, and it's kind of a doofus that decides to... He, this flyer just by the wind ends up at his feet that says murder party you're invited and he's just kind of a loser guy it's just like okay I'll go so he dresses up and he goes to his party and well it's a murder party so he gets tied to a chair because they're going to murder him and then like they aren't they murdering him for like art reasons or something yeah like cause that? they're cool artists yeah yeah and the hijinks ensue. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty fun. So I, it's it's pretty low budget, which made me like it more probably. And um, yeah, it was super freaking fun. I will say they had like cool costumes because the chick yeah. was dressed like Daryl Hannah from uh, yep. Blade Runner, and one of the guys was uh, one of uh, the baseball furies from the Warriors. Yeah, and then the main guy. Um, the victim uh, was dressed. Um, I heard. I've always heard it described as he's, he made this like homemade night outfit out of cardboard. But that to me, that that look of that of that outfit was totally Monty Python, the Holy Grail. That's what I thought. You have a little cardboard tin foil, and yeah, super fun. I can't now remember where we watched it. If it was on Netflix, I think it was Netflix, but. Yeah, Tina and I had a good time with that one. That's what I that watched. Guy, that guy Excellent. ended up doing Green Room, though. The yeah. guy who directed that. Well, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Whose name I can't remember. Is it Jeremy Saldner, right? Or S- sounds familiar. Yeah. Is that who the director of the Green of Green Room? I th- yes. I think so. Yeah, he did uh, Blue Ruin. Yeah, he he's awesome. But um. 
before going to the next person, I remember something else I watched. So I'm going back to me <laughs> like a real dick. It's your segment. Um, I know, and that's and that's I'm just taking it this week. Um, I also I don't know if anyone else has watched it, but I've I've been w- keeping up with the Purge television series. Has anyone else caught it? No, I have not. Yet. Where is that? At? It's on USA. Oh, I have not. I think it's on it's on USA I believe and they I think they aired it on TNT the first opening week too. It's a 10-part series produced by Blumhouse and it's basically a new purge movie spread out over 10 1-hour episodes so it's uh it's much more drawn out and there's no real setup it just sort of starts the first episode starts like maybe a few hours before the purge like like the movies but it almost follows in real time because the the purge is only 12 hours and the show's 10 hours of that Neat. so it, like i said it's almost real time and it's the first episode i think maybe i was expecting a little too much or something because i just didn't love the first episode but the second episode sort of they, they get to the purge so it, it it kicks it in the gear a little bit and they basically they follow like I think three or four different characters through their experiences through very different experiences of the purge and it's it's well done it's I mean it like I said it's, it's filmed in the style of a purge movie so if you like the purge movies you'll like this show cuz it's awesome. pretty much it's cool. pretty much exactly the same so I'm I'm all about the purge I love the purge movies Me too. can't get enough of them so I think yeah you got to watch the show it's it's good. I mean, it has Fiona Dorf as a cult leader, which is awesome. Her little, uh, oh. her little chapter or storyline is probably to me the most fascinating one. Uh, there's another sort of. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot of known actors in it, which I, which you know, that's the way of the the purge in the first place is, you know, low, lower budget and not many faces. But she's she's sort of the one I recognize and I love her and everything. So. That's my favorite little storyline in this one, but I'm not going to even talk too much about it because if you're going to watch it, I don't want to spoil anything, and I'll just move on from there. So, um, Andrew, what did you watch? Well, I, w- I managed to get a, f- a few things in. Um, off of Netflix, I watched The Power of Grey School, the definitive history oh, of He-Man. I saw oh, that. Nice. The universe. Yeah. Oh, I want to watch it. Oh, I, I, you know, being a being a kid from the '80s, I mean. My my poor girlfriend. Every night before we go to bed, we have to. We've been watching like He Man episodes now, awesome. <laughs> and she's she's smiling at me and dead right now. So that's good. Uh, but you know, then we get you know they were actually pretty cool. I thought you know because they gave you the moral of the story, and you know He Man never killed anybody, never really struck anybody down, and you know he basically told you how to be a. Uh, Sort of like a G.I. Joe knowing is half the battle sort of thing. I always liked those episodes. And just basically, I mean, the cartoon started because of the action figure line. And it just goes into, you know, more, uh, you know, designers and artists and stuff like that. It's it's really informative. I I really enjoyed it. I also watched... uh, the slasher movie X-Ray with Barbie Benton, uh, also known as Hospital Massacre. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. Basically I think it's uh it's kinda like a uh kinda just basically it's a Halloween two ripoff, as far as I could tell. Uh Barbie Benton was drop dead gorgeous back then. 
Uh, I noticed that Billy Jacoby plays like the young killer. And if you've ever seen, uh, you guys ever see Just One of the Guys? Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, Bill, well, Billy Jacoby played the brother, the one that was always horny all the time. You oh, know, yeah. ended up hook, hooking up with Sherilyn Finn, lucky bastard. I, I uh, am, I'm a huge fan of his, actually. I used to watch Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Uh, yes. He played Mikey on that, and then he yeah. was, and then he was also in a, in a uh, Dave Dakota movie uh, called Doctor Alien from back in the day. So, oh, pretty cool. big fan of his. Yeah, and, uh, plus you know I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of just one of the guys. I mean, I think that's oh, like yeah. one of the, one of the '80s best hidden gems. That and Three O'clock High. Um, I also was finally able to squeeze in uh, the director's cut of Night of the Creeps. Yay. Uh, Tom, Sweet. you know, there's so many. I noticed that there were so many director references in this. You know, Dante and De Palma were the names of two cops. Uh, yeah. Cameron. The, the, the girl's name was Cronenberg. Carpenter. Ramiro. I mean, just like. And plus, we also had a great cameo by Dick Miller, who yeah. gave him the, the flamethrower. And did you guys notice? Did you guys notice his name in that movie? Yeah, it's Walter Paisley. <laughs> exactly uh, from the Bucket of Blood. Uh, Roger Corman. You know that him playing that hipster, pretentious coffee house bullshit. <laughs> uh, and I also went to the theater and I watched The Predator, and. I, I enjoyed it, but I still don't think it holds a candle to the original. Mm. So you uh, just had like you just had like a we all had like a Fred Decker weekend. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess yeah with Night of the Creeps and uh, the Predator. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say that the the pre the Predator's good. Uh, there is a uh, get to the choppers line in there. I was, I almost was, I was, I was so clinging, you know, to the, you know, the small chance that we might see a Dutch Schaefer cameo, but I will tell you this right now, it does not happen, which kind of bummed me out. I was hoping to see, you know, Arnold come out, come out, but doesn't, it doesn't happen. So oh, bummer. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, all in all, it's it's a good movie. I mean, I'll probably ending end up buying it because I'm I'm a huge you're fan. a predator super uh, fan. You know it. I I I am. I and I I embrace that. Uh, but those those are the ones uh, that I, that I watched. That I guess that leaves us with um, Mike. What did you watch? That's me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I was. This is with. Never been this excited for uh, the What We Watch segment until now. Because <laughs> you even talked about it over the weekend. Ah, uh, so excited. Did, did, did I shit on your parade? No, no, no. Because um, I watched, because I've been waiting for this movie forever, and it finally shows up on Hulu for free even, and that's uh, uh, Director's Cut, the new Adam Rifkin movie, starring Penn from Penn & Teller, who also wrote, who also wrote it. And oh, it's so good! It's freaking hilarious, um, <coughs> and it's got a pretty cool cast. So, so Penn Jillett, um, he's in it, and and well, Adam Rifkin is actually in it as well. Uh, Missy Pyle, 
Lynn Shea, uh, Gilbert Godfrey, uh, even Teller has a scene in it, and he talks in it, so there's that. But uh, Penn plays um, Herbert Blout, uh, is this guy who donated crowd to the uh, highest tier um, of this crown fun crown crowdfunding campaign for this new like crime thriller movie that's coming out. I forget what the name of the movie is within the movie. Um, oh, sh copycat! I think maybe something along those lines. And and Missy Pyle is the star of is one of the stars of this movie and. Herbert Blout is obsessed, like creepily obsessed with, with Missy Pyle. And Herbert considers himself also to be a filmmaker. So um, the whole movie starts off playing the movie within the movie. And it's playing straight through. But it's got Penn as Herbert Blout doing audio comment, director's commentary track over top of it. And once in a while, like... He'll like draw on on there uh, on the screen um, and point out things and 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 whatnot, and then it kind of devolves from there where it starts showing his cut of the movie, where he intercuts shots of behind the scenes because he's got his like little camcorder with him the whole time, and him just being a total total goofball fuck up on the set, like ruining takes and. And but not intentionally. He thinks he's he's this directing master, and he knows better than than Adam Rifkin, the director of this movie. And uh, um, and then it gets gets to the point where he's like kind of starts stalking Missy Pyle, and then ends up kidnapping her so he can shoot new scenes with him and Missy, so he can now be the hero of this movie within the movie. And it's so super meta. It's like crazy insane and never have i seen something and it's not i don't know what you would even class this in i don't even know it's like a whole new class in and of itself because you can't really call it found footage but like a lot of the narrative of this movie is shot through his camcorder through his perspective but yet it's it's playing as if this is the movie within the movie straight through only like these behind the scenes and stuff is stuff that he edited into this cut. It's just it's crazy, and I I know I'm not even explaining it <laughs> right because you guys are just probably all confused as all hell. But like <laughs> it it was just I mean I'm a huge Penn and Teller fan as it is. So when I heard and, and I'm a huge Adam Rifkin fan. So when I heard that Adam Rifkin had a new movie coming out and it was starring and written by Penn. I'm like, I've got to see it. And it totally met my expectations, which does not happen too often anymore. <laughs> so um, I freaking loved it. I, I highly recommend checking it out. This is another one of the films put out by Epic Pictures that did the uh, To Hell and Back, Kane Hodder story, and that Terrifier. On I need Netflix. to see that. Oh, are they the ones? Yep. Oh, sweet. Yep. I'll have to get that. It's on Blu-ray. Right i have to get yep. it. It's out. Nice. To hell and back? Yep, it's out too. Yeah. It, yeah, I need to see that. It's, it's really good. It's great. Well, is that, oh. is that all you had time to watch, Mike? <laughs> well, I too watched Wolf Van Gottenards and got to see Monster Squad on the big screen. It wasn't like that some was other great. people I know that like got up and left halfway through the movie. About? 
to go hang out with some other people that didn't watch the movie. <laughs> but uh, so that was cool getting to see Monster Squad with an audience up on the big screen. That was fun. They seem to enjoy themselves. Oh yeah. As 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 you guys have you know relayed all this stuff, which I wish I would have gotten to see Wolfman's God Nards, but I have been glancing upward and I've been looking at the Monster Squad one-sheet poster framed above my computer this whole time. I'm just like, God, that would have been awesome. So, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan as well. So, yeah, it's awesome. like hovering above me right now. So, Well, we missed you this weekend. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. And we sure missed you on the future episode <laughs> that we recorded. <laughs> would have loved to yeah. Would have loved to have been there, but I'm a f- as, as it's like Jason seven hours said, away. I'm, Jesus. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a few. I'm a few towns over. <laughs> a few towns over. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that I, I got everybody right. I think yeah. that wraps up uh, what we watched. Cool. Thank you, Tad. Thank you, Tad. You. You're welcome. So now, now it's time to talk about the movies for this episode. Going back to school. So, Jason, what should be the first one we talk about? Oh, man. Well, here's I just want to start this off with uh, words of wisdom slash heat, a warning. <laughs> um, just let it be known that you guys know that, you know, Mike's our friend. <laughs> and what the? the thing about Mike that you don't know necessarily, I'm just, my warning is just don't buy him movies. For Christmas or his birthday, it's what I, he doesn't want me to say that, but just don't buy it for him. And oh, I'll, and I'll tell one you why. Movie one. I could, do. You want me to list that all you the bought me that I haven't opened? Yeah, I'm just saying it one. was it's seven years ago. I got you Gen- Jennifer's body for Christmas or something, untouched, still sealed up. At least seven years. It, oh, oh yeah. Now because you watched it for the show. <laughs> It's the only reason this movie got put on the list, so you'd have a reason. Not not that I got it for you. That's not a reason. But the fact that it's one of the movies for the show, then... Son of a bitch. Suddenly got to open it. Well, I have a wrapped movie that my friend John Wood, he was he's one of my best friends, he got it for me probably like 15 years ago. And he did the same thing. He's really shitty at giving gifts, so uh, if he's listening... He knows he's really <laughs> shitty at giving gifts. And he bought me some... I, I, I can't even tell if it's a bad horror movie, but just the fact that he bought it for me, I've made a point not to ever open it or watch it so that when he visits like every couple years, he has see. To see it, he sees it on the shelf and he's like, oh, I see you still haven't opened it. I, I simply will not watch it just to spite him. So if you're listening, John, <laughs> fuck you. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> And the movie is The Maid. It's like uh, one of those, isn't it like Tartan Asian underground oh, movies or oh, something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he thought, you know, oh, title like this. I'm like, yeah, I'm the horror guy. Just buy any shit that's direct to video that you see on the shelf. I'll love it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Real cool. I I actually purchased a sealed VHS this weekend, but it's, it's not a horror movie. But have you guys ever seen... A, I kind of have a round the world of saying this, but uh, have you guys ever seen Electric Boogaloo, the wild story of Canon Films? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Okay, well, I I found a sealed wild. VHS copy of Going Bananas with Dom DeLuise. Holy that crap. Oh. 
And I was just like, I'm not going to open it because I just, I just want to keep it that way. I have no intention of, of, uh, yep. of watching it. Uh, it. Even though the kid from over the tops in it, I just, I love the fact that, uh, Menach- Golan, you know, brought his secretary in when they were interviewing Clyde for the movie. <laughs> and he, and, you know, in that deep Israeli accent, would you fuck this monkey? You know, so <laughs> I, I, that's the only reason why I purchased. I got it for like we, we there was like this this junk jaunt um, that they have going down a highway near here. That's like multiple towns going through Kansas, and I was just like, I have to have this movie, and it's freaking sealed. There's a, it's like never been played, so now now it's just a conversation piece, so I can canon. You about have say to get that it. it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Now, I, now, whenever I pull it out, I have to do like you know a thick Israeli accent asking a woman to fuck a monkey. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I bought it. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what. It's even it's even worse when you let Mike borrow a movie. It's oh even God. worse. Don't so don't don't ever just give him one to borrow. It's, just shake your head. Just I am just shaking movies. my head. Anyway, Jennifer's body. It was. It was my first time watching it. I thought it was pretty kick-ass. Yeah, man, I watched it in theaters. Whoa! Ooh. So this is my first time since. Well, I, I think I've seen it on cable, like in pieces, but this is the first time I sat down and watched from front to back. Um, while after since it was in theaters, and I guess this would be this is probably I guess my first time watching the unrated cut. So it's it's it was my first viewing and it just made me be very very thankful that i don't have a teenage daughter because i can't stand the way they fucking talk <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, oh especially Jello megan fox kind of so holy <laughs> shit i wanted it's only worse now I, yeah oh. trust me it's lit now come yeah. on yeah it's lit what well yeah. i i've seen this movie several times and um on Blu-ray, I've seen You're it lying. over and over again. <laughs> Lies. That's what lying sounds like. And then me. I reseal it so Jason doesn't know that I watch nope. it. Well, tell us about the movie, Jason. Oh, you know, it's a newly possessed high school cheerleader turns into a succubus who specializes in killing her male classmates. That's can, can her best friend put an end to the horror? I don't know. Watch it. That doesn't sound like from IMDb or nothing. Shut your face. <laughs> you know I'm not good at synopses. Uh, yeah, but I made you do it after the whole... I know. Telling it's people not fair. to buy me movies. Written by Diablo Cody. It's what its claim to fame is. Or it's yeah, and it's very obvious. Yep. Yeah. Which doesn't. Uh, which almost sounds like I'm saying that in a bad it, but it way. Wasn't. But no, I mean... I it like still that. well written. I like uh-huh. that... You know, overly referency and you know, too too smart for its own good type dialogue. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. Yep. And there's. Just... Kind of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just kind of liked that it was told from a narrative perspective from uh, Amanda Seyfried's. Am I saying that right? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Seyfried. Seyfried. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. What? Yeah, it's looking. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought she stole the show. I liked her performance a lot because it was well. It kind of all hinges on her from one to ten. You know, it starts at a ten, and then 
and then it goes back and starts over at one and yeah, I had to question if I was right watching the right movie there right <laughs> at the beginning with her in the mental institution uh-huh. and everything. Uh-huh. Like, I thought this was about a succubus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, she's a hell of a place kicker, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, that poor nurse get that got bitch, it. Yeah, get that bitch a toaster, man. Shit. <laughs> she wanted oh, to put her across the damn room. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I remember seeing this in theaters and I've I think I went with a group of people and half of them absolutely were like livid and mad and hated it with every being of themselves and the other half thought it was pretty fun and I thought it was pretty fun you know I just try not to take things so seriously because I sort of knew what we were going into yeah, yeah. you know it's not it's not a it's it's you right know, Megan Fox it, is a star how right how, yeah what were you expecting <laughs> what were you expecting. I You're not going to get Citizen Kane. Yeah, no. it's, a, it's a popcorn flick. I, I like that on this episode we had a few of these where I feel like I can just... It's not it's not sad at all. You know, I don't get... Like, it's not dark and gloomy, and it's it's just a fun movie. I don't know. It's, yeah, just, it's just light and simple. Yeah, you know, it's just, like, easily digestible, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely is, is that... Um, Man, I kind of wish I saw this in the theater because I feel like yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it, but I have a feeling I would have probably liked this a lot more back when it first came out. You know what I mean? Like, it already feels like it doesn't hold up, even though this was it, my first time watching it. Well, yeah, and that the dialogue when you go with something so, um, with the with the current times, it gets dated very quickly. It's yeah. like, it, this is not, you know... You, what what's tragedy? What's the one recently with the two girls uh, that lock that like catch the serial killer and they're murdering their classmates? Oh, oh uh, uh. it's not tragedy girls. Is yes, it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah. That that is like you know the modern version of that. Pretty much is like that's what that's what teenagers talk like right now. And that movie will look dated in another you know five years. It's it's interesting you know that they are so current that it that it dates itself so quickly because it's pretty so new, it's still a fairly new movie but it's you know already feels a little dated yeah but on the other side of the coin i would say that heathers is a classic and it's kind of the same subject matter right yeah yeah I it mean, did feel rather heather-ish to me i guess but not as stylized that was kind of the thing that kind of bummed me out a little bit i felt like this could have been this could have been an even more of an amazing film if it had like if the director had more of a uh, a, a unique style to it some something a little more flashy I don't know I do like the scene where she's you know the the scene where she's first in the kitchen and she's eating the raw chicken and shit that you know <laughs> it's like it's like a comical but disgusting. I, I don't know. It's a good combination of everything I like in a movie. So I, I, I really agree. I love that scene. I mean, she came back looking like a meth head that just went three rounds with Nate Diaz <laughs> and puked something and, awful. Uh, oh yeah, it's like what was that? Like thirty weight motor oil? Or <laughs> 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 just, yeah. She horked up a shitload of it too. My favorite scene was the flashback scene when they showed the satanic ritual. With the with the band, I thought that scene was hilarious, and it's got my favorite line in the whole movie, where um, the the lead singer's talking about how like uh, 
um, you know, recording recording a, a, a stupid pop song that'll be dated in ten years for for some shitty horror movie soundtrack or something like that, uh-huh. and I'm like, and after an hour and a half of listening to shitty fucking songs from that time period on the soundtrack of this movie, I thought that joke was you hilarious. Appreciated the self reference, yeah, exactly. But then just. I'll, but also, it's like, hey, finally, the first time I see a virgin sacrifice to Satan, and they explain why they're doing a virgin sacrifice to Satan. That was the that's the one thing in like uh, movies uh, like that where there's a, where there's a sacrificial ceremony that's going on. They never explain what is the benefit. Why do you want to summon Satan? Why do you want to bring hell to earth? That just sounds like a horrible idea. You know, there's got to be some personal gain in it, right? But you never hear that. And but these guys are like, they just want to be big rock stars. So, I appreciated that. I love the fact that J.K. Simmons, yeah. who I think is one of the best actors out there, yes. ca- came in as like this really soft-spoken amputee teacher. <laughs> I and just his thought his hair he was, great. was so funny. Yeah, he's and, so and sensitive. Fucking Chris Pratt shows up as like a yeah, background what the actor. Fuck? That was awesome. Yeah, that, that caught a- me. Amy off Sedaris is so funny too. She's awesome and everything. Yep. There's a lot of pretty, pretty, uh, you know, recognizable faces in this. I mean, not quite as much as a movie we have coming up here shortly on the episode, but I mean, yeah, there's, you know, like J.K. Simmons. I don't know. He he could be in, you know, just about anything, and I I love him in it. And even um, her Amanda Seyfried's boyfriend. I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name. Johnny Simmons. He plays Chip. He's in. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, I love, I like him. Oh, and, and everything yeah, too. yeah. He's in, he's in um, their band, Sex Babam. So he's, <laughs> it, it's, it's. Oh, it is a bit funny, and it's. I guess it sort of falls into that stereotype of teen movies where they take someone who's absolutely gorgeous and make them the homely one with Amanda Seyfried because she oh, is, yeah. she's, she's really gorgeous, and I, I like her in a lot of stuff. She's, I mean, her breakout role is obviously Mean Girls, and she's. Like the highlight of that movie to me, she's so fucking funny. But <laughs> ever uh, see Lovelace? Yeah, yeah. Oh I have. yeah, yeah. She's great in a lot of. Like I'm saying, she's great. Forgot about Lovelace. She, she can, you know, do comedy. She can do uh, drama, and she can be topless, and I like that too. So, <laughs> Giggity. You know? so so, Giggity. so whatever you know. <laughs> and th- this is one of those too. It's sort of like they're obviously writing right on the line of you know they're, they're teasing with with her but they don't they of course they don't show any nudity because i think this was pg-13 in theaters maybe or might have been r but they you know th- th- there's no nudity in this one yeah uh yeah they 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 come pretty darn close but no nudity i had a i had a thought and i forgot it I will thinking of I'd, the boobs. Yeah, you distracted me with boobs. That's easy to do. It's like a mop. I will flame. say that J.K. Summons had the line of the movie, though. I think that's. I, I try to pick them out. Uh, like put aside that. your teenage concerns of who's a cool dude or who's a hoe. That <laughs> 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 uh, made me laugh. I thought that was funny. Oh, I remember. Like the goth kids. That. That whole like sub 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 storyline of the goth kids really felt like the felt like a movie from the eighties to me. 
you know, we talked about just one of the guys and how it's got those two like two nerd characters that think they're aliens. In the oh movie. yeah, it's they like, scream when they're separated. Yeah, yeah. There's there's always these bizarre characters in like '80s teen comedies that are sub characters that you feel like have their own movie going on in the background of that movie, and that felt that way with the goth kids. So, oh, yeah, yeah. and Kyle Gallner who played Colum. Uh, you, I remember seeing him in The Walking Dead and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, that's where I knew him from. I was trying to figure out why he looks so recognizable, and it's the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He sort of plays a angsty teen, and that too. Well, I mean, there's and the, uh, one thing I wrote about him. I was just like, when you have to break into a house that has plastic on the windows, it should be a hint that you're either getting stood up or someone or something is not on the up and up. You know. Then again, he's a horny teenager. He'll do stupid shit. I just love how we we we've talked about almost every single actor in this movie except for Megan Megan Fox. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean she I she does she what good. she's she's known for, you know. She's you don't hire her because she's you know gonna win you an Oscar. You hire her because she plays that character and she's and she's nice to look at. So and she looks awesome in an Evil Dead uh, three quarter sleeve T shirt. Yeah, <laughs> just don't look at her thumbs. I might you know ruin her for you. So never look at her oh, thumbs. That's right there. Words. They're a little shorter or something she has, like that? She has, like, she has, like, big toe thumbs. They look like big toes, so they're, like, nubby, and they're uh, weird. Just just Google uh, uh, Megan uh, Fox thumbs. Do it. I'll do, do it. it. Okay. I know Daryl <laughs> Hannah is, like, missing her index finger. That's hot, though. Like, <laughs> something, like, you know, she, she, I just imagine she, like, you know, got it cut off with, like, a sword, something Jeez. sweet, but... but Megan Fox's thumbs, man. Just don't look, don't do it, man. Oh, we're well, there. We're there. What, we're what about Uma Thurman's thumbs in uh, even Cowgirls Get the Blues? How I mean, little like little it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see that flick? Uh, I have not. Well, uh, yeah. Well, long story short, uh, Uma Thurman plays this uh, hitchhiker named, I uh, believe, Bonanza Jellybean, and she the reason why she's such a good hitchhiker is like literally her thumbs are like longer than her forearm. I mean they're like her thumbs are like ridiculously long. And then she has like a surgery to like uh get them like normal size. And then she's not a very good hitchhiker. She can't get rides. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best plot I've ever heard. Well that that's well that's the only thing I remember about it. I mean because I mean these thumbs are like hard to miss i mean it they're huge they're it's ridiculous <laughs> and uh, it's supposed to be that way so they're not her real thumbs are you saying i'm i'm pretty sure uh okay well i thought it was <laughs> ethan ethan hawk would have probably you know stepped out around a long time ago yeah. <laughs> Yeah, say, I you know, I, I uh, sort of, you know, picked my picked my wife based on her thumbs, uh, you know, ration, like how how the, the, the ratio, the, the hand to yeah. thumb ratio, yeah, <laughs> the, 
Because the thumb and the bum during, you know, the, the hot and heavy thing with this chick, I mean, that would, like, be mean a trip to the emergency room. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. What else that took a, anyways, that took a turn. Yeah, yeah this is not the, the, anyways, apart from the thumb cast, uh, <laughs> were there any more thoughts on this film? What did you guys, any, any other thoughts? I was just going to say, I thought the gore in general was pretty good. Yeah, there was some good gore, yeah. Good kills and blood, I think, and I think they might have. I mean, I, obviously, some of the unrated stuff was, you know, what we saw on this cut. Because I don't, I remember it being pretty gory, and they had the puke scene and stuff. But I think this, uh, I, I don't, I, something about it, like I just don't remember it being quite as gory as it was this go around. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, there's not, I, it just I, doesn't I, feel like there's a ton to say about this movie, but it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I I like the line uh evil, not just high school evil and I'm just like, wow, that's uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty poignant in our society, you know, with the, you know, the the bullying that kids have and stuff like that. So Yeah. I like the I explanation of the lore of it as far as uh sacrificing not a virgin turns you into one of those and I thought that was neat. Yeah. That was yeah. really neat. Although, I guess, did I miss a part? Because those guys still were a famous rock band by the end. They said it still worked, but that's what happened to the girl. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. I also but, liked uh, seeing uh, Lance Henriksen as a, you know, just a very small oh, cameo. Yeah, that's I'm a, right. I'm a big fan of his. I love that guy. Me too, and that definitely had to have been stunt casting, right? Because he just shows up right there at the end. You know, he doesn't... He's just a, such a minor role, but it's definitely highlighted that it's Lance Hendrickson. So, so that's cool. It's Ooh. very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we could probably move on from uh, Jennifer's body, uh, but Pat- we will never move on from those thumbs. No. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> no. So, Tad, what should we talk about next? Oh, uh, I'm going to talk about. One of my favorites that I've watched several times, I've always said it's underrated, and I've tried to get several people to watch it, and I'm going with Cabin Fever 2 Spring Fever. Okay. Really? This one is directed by Ty West, even though he tried to get his name off of it. It's about, uh, it's, it's a follow-up, obviously, to the first Cabin Fever directed by Eli Roth sort of follows the virus, goes down the river, gets into a high school during prom, some dicks melt off, some faces melt off, a lot of gross body fluids and lots of gross-out moments. And I think this is just the most fun, dumb, bad, good movie, man. Like, the first time I saw this, I I don't know what I was expecting. I, I, I was a big fan of the first Cabin Fever Assault in theaters and thought, you know, man, Eli Roth is the next big thing. And watched. I don't remember how how long after this one came out, but I watched this one and something about it, man. I I, I can keep going back to it and still really enjoy it. Uh, this one, they somehow convinced Ryder Strong to come back. I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's not he's not doing a whole lot, but it's like almost feels like. I mean, he's almost ba- he's basically in a cameo, but yeah. to get him back to sort of carry over the story, and then we are introduced to a whole new 
cast and crew cast that goes into uh, the high school story and sort of has a bit of that I mean people are probably going to hate me even mentioning these two in the same storyline but it has you know just because the prom element it has the whole carry feel but that the story is not anything like it just maybe the uh just prom in general just makes me think of carry always but i i enjoy the the cast i think once again sort of like jennifer's body this is very not quite dated but it's everybody's uh you know doing the teen thing and but it, this one's over the top gross the language is over the top and you know crazy and just some really fun, awesome gore. It starts off with you know a bus oh. running, you know, like smashing Ryder Strong into pieces, and yeah. it just it just <laughs> never sto- it never stops from there. And I've never been able to really figure out. Maybe the I, I would really like to see what um, what he would have, what Ty West would have done if he was sort of given final cut because he, you know, if you read up on it, Ty tried to get his name off it and give it that standard you know bullshit name because he he didn't want to get given credit for it and to me it's like i don't know i I would love to see what he would have done with it you know if he was given final cut but i enjoy what i enjoy it for what it is and apparently listening to mike's tone he doesn't agree with me no i don't uh jason i would have thought this one was right up your alley it's big dumb yeah i liked it a lot more than you did oh man uh, is this your first, like the, first time watch? For me? Anybody. Who else? I've, I've seen it before, and I hated it the my, first time I saw it, too. Then why'd you add it on the list? I wanted, to give it another ch- I wanted to give it another chance because of Ty West's, like, because it wasn't until, I think, the second time I saw Innkeepers that I, I really, like, uh, that I really f- discovered that I liked Ty West because before I was like, yeah, Ty West, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's got he's got one good movie, House of the Devil. Which I love. Yeah, I love that, oh, fuck, I love that movie, yes. too. You know, and the I... V- uh, VHS is good, too. Yeah, his stuff in VHS, yeah. The, the Roost is good, too. I still haven't seen The Roost. Cabin Fever 2 is good, too. Well, that was I the need thing. To like, sac- I need the sacrament. Kind oh, of like a so good. Goes. I love like, the sacrament. Yeah. yeah. So good. So, what, yeah. What did you guys like about this one? I loved how the bus got a paint job. Uh, I love Larry Fessenden spraying blood through a, a tracheotomy. I thought yeah. that, you know, this uh, Giuseppe Andrews kind of acting like a tool. Uh, Never liked it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good film when Giuseppe Andrews, reprising his role from the first film even, uh, is your hero character. Is the one that figures it out. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Why you be hating? Because uh, Deputy... What's his name? Deputy... Winston. Win- yeah. yeah. Deputy Winston, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> he was like the dumbest character. Olsen. He's like the dumbest character of the first movie, and but then he figured... He's the hero that figures it out. He still doesn't save the day, but... Figures it out, man. No, here's my thing. With this movie, yeah, the gore is awesome and fun and all that stuff, but uh, I don't know. I too love the first cabin, cabin fever movie. I still love the first cabin, 
favorite movie, and I too saw it in the theater. And w what I think benefited um, Cabin Fever one for me was like I didn't even know what it was about going and seeing it in the theater. I didn't even know it was a virus movie or anything like that. So when it happens, like it was a total shock, and like I, you know, we're learning the rules to this as it goes on. So you know, you're hopeful, like, well, maybe this person will survive, or like maybe this person didn't get infected, or you know, maybe they can be saved after they're infected, or whatever the case may be. But by the end of the first movie, we basically know how this is going to go down. So with part two, it's but isn't that true with all sequels? I mean, once the rules are set up, there's just more good stuff in the sequels. Which there's tons they of good stuff in this. Yeah, like infect the whole fucking town. I don't know. Yeah, once you, I, I, this is my first time watching it. I too like the first one, but I knew that you weren't digging on it, so I was pretty hesitant. But yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty fun. I mean, I, I have like some issues that are logical ones, you know, just like are you really going to not get infected as easily as this spreads some of you people, but but, uh, I, and I thought that I thought the the one girl was casted a lot like Sissy SpaceX, she was tall and skinny and the straight hair, kind of red and, I don't know, I did, I thought I heard, felt that vibe a little bit too and Gore was fucking nuts yeah, what I like about it, I think, too, is that the the dialogue is so... It's, like, mean-spirited. Like, it's it's not at all um, polished. Everybody's sort of an asshole and gross. And I just feel like watching this, like, the, the first time I watched it, it just felt, uh, like, in my face. Very, like, the gore was in my face, the language, everybody's dialogue was in my face. It just unrelentless and... Thai, very Thai West, but it felt like almost uh, when I remember when Cabin Fever came out, everybody was you know, oh, it's a low budget sort of uh, gross out horror movie that you know might sa it could save the genre, and you know, and this one felt sort of like some like almost like a fan film in a way that you know they they took this thing and just sort of split it wide open and and made it more extreme in a way. I'm not saying it's better at all. Cause the, you know, the first ones, I really do like it. And if Brian was on this episode, he'd be slapping all of us. Cause he hates Eli Roth. But I remember going, I, I took the, my dad to the first one and, if, and nobody on this show knows my dad, but he sees about one movie every 10 years. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I saw, he, I, I took, took him, to, him to the original cabin fever in theaters for some reason and he was just he he had a blast with it just you know just watching something you know it's like he like i say he doesn't see anything so something like that when he gets out to see he had no idea he, i mean he he does not even have a smartphone he has no access to the internet so he clearly had never seen a trailer or still other than that afternoon me calling him and asking if he wanted to go see a movie he had, he went in with no expectations so I have a lot of fond memories of that screening. <laughs> My dad turned into like a black lady at the theater, and he's like yelling the whole time. Like, Calm down, dad. <laughs> I enjoyed the the uh, the animated uh, the credits. I noticed that Springfield is five miles away, so Homer Simpson might be uh, 
get get bad water too. Um, the uh, and I, but I also enjoyed the the characters as well. You know, the 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 fact that the science teacher has like this awful looking hair lip, and she eventually slaps the living piss out of the prom queen because she's being a brat, which I which I thought was hilarious. Um, uh, what else? Uh, the main kid and his friend. Really... I liked those two boys a lot. Yeah. Oh, the the horror geeks. The the friends. Oh no! The, or, ma- the main guy, the main hero kid, oh, and his best friend. Oh no, oh, John! John and uh, what was the what was the other guy's name? They, uh, uh, Mark. I can't. Let me see, because I have it right here on IMDb. It is uh, let's see, John and yeah, is it Mark? Mark. I'm thinking, I don't know. Um, Mark is the bully, I believe. Well, this is very captivating uh, in <laughs> podcasting, but John is, yeah, John is the lead that you're talking about, and you're thinking of the bigger kid with a bad haircut, right? Yep. Yeah. His, his friend that's whose dick, like, melts off his body, his balls yeah. fall off. <laughs> Did I, I kind of got a vibe of uh, Halloween it um, because uh, when Cassie or John are walking down the sidewalk, you know, with the leaves, it reminded me of uh, Lori, Annie, and uh, Linda from Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little, I got I got that vibe a little bit. Um, but when you were talking about dialogue, uh, the tirade that John goes off of in front of Cassie is probably something that every guy with uh, a shitload of teenage angst has wanted to say to a girl and you know because she's going out with some dickhead uh, I bet you there was a lot of lot of you know nerdy looking guys probably the high school me in, included that are just like yes <laughs> Boy, <laughs> um, uh, and the couple barfing in each other's faces oh uh, gosh oh man just some Too of it is just face barfing yeah, it's uh, the woodshop gore that I really, really liked, and the nail gun through the eyeball, all all that stuff. Uh, I just think sometimes I know that these cabin fever movies are are gross out movies, and it needs to be. But I think it was almost being like gross for gross sake at at points. It was just like it was almost yeah. too much. And sometimes I, I'm on board with that, so you know <laughs> I, I've. I had to be in the mood for it, but uh, and by the way, the other his friend's name Alex. It's Alex. Alex. And John. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and also I did notice uh, that they were playing the original prom night theme when they were dancing with, at, at the prom, like the Jamie oh, Lee nice. Curtis. I didn't catch that. So Damn, that's me awesome. I thought that uh, if anything, I thought. And maybe it's just me, but the John character—he seemed like, um, and maybe that's just sort of typical of movies. But he seemed like he was way too old to be in high school. <laughs> I I thought it was I thought it was good to see uh, this actor's range because have you guys have you guys ever seen Dead Girl? Oh right. yeah, he's such a piece of shit in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's such a scumbag, you know, and it's it's it was good to see that you know he can he can be uh, he can you know be a lead 
hero, I guess. Just or at least something different than the piece of shit that I saw him earlier as. Oh, yeah, and Starry. He, and Starry Eyes. Just exactly what I was going to say. He's in Starry Eyes also. And, uh, oh, nice. The, yeah, and I love that movie. Yeah, it's can a you great put movie. that on? Can you put that on a list sometime? <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to rewatch it, but I just can't fit in movies that aren't on the list. So if you could go ahead and add that one, all right. <laughs> if you can make an episode, you know, centered around that movie somehow. I'll, yeah, I'll work backwards. I'll start with the movie and then develop a topic. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Just wasn't a fan. I, I really tried. I wanted to give it another shot because I've grown to be much more of a Ty West fan than I thought I was and well he would probably tell you like he hates this movie so he you know this is like the yeah, least Ty West Ty West movie so yeah it doesn't feel like a Ty West movie to me and I I agree with Andrew it felt like the gore was you know the 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 con- some of the content in this movie was done purposely just to, for no other reason than to try to gross out or offend and that's that's kind of when I start drawing the line for me. Like I feel like you need to have a little bit more reason, you know. Yeah. Behind it was it. just gross for gross sake. Yeah. In, in some moments, it didn't. You know, it didn't move the movie forward. Yeah, exactly. And it's a common trend, and like I see a lot in like you know no budget films where. You know, people are just trying to, you know, just be super gross and offensive. You know, I, I, I think I feel I don't know. There's just there's a, there's got to be an art to it, I guess. There's there's got to be. I don't know what the formula is, but you could be just as gross and offensive. But I think it's got to uh, got to have a point. It's got to be. It doesn't have. It can't be so blatantly obvious of what you're trying to do. Um. And I and I also hated everybody in this movie. I didn't care about a single person in this movie. So the fact that everybody drank the water, I knew it was going to happen. I knew the outcome of this. I hated everybody, every character <laughs> involved. There was like no tension. I was just basically waiting for the next gore scene. So yeah, man. There's there's shock, and then there's shock value. Yeah, I guess that's the only way I can put it. It's a good. That's a good way of putting it. I like that. Oh. Hey, they don't all have to be unanimous. It's no. all right. I know. I I didn't hate it. I mean, it's just I, those those were just you know my my points. I just had no idea it was so high on Ted's list. Man, yeah. that's the shock value of this. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. you would if you would assume that. Mike and I would have switched uh, spots on this one because I thought <laughs> he would like it. Usually, this is the kind of thing I don't like, but uh, and I assumed he would like it not only because he put it on the list, but just because I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, this is like you know, almost like Gore a trauma version yeah. or something, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, it did have kind of a little bit of a trauma vibe to it. Yeah, I always wanted to hear more about why Ty West wanted out of it you know because i would love i think i don't think he really i've tried reading about it not not for this episode maybe i'll google it when we're done but it's like i remember when this came out and i was like oh ty west did this awesome and uh went to google it and it was pretty much like all he said was that it wasn't 
he, he tried to get his name off it and he wasn't it didn't represent the film he had made so i i'm just very curious what the story there you'd think it, it was i think it was yeah it was direct to video so it's like i wonder what creative differences he truly had between you know Lionsgate and i don't know even maybe i mean i imagine the animated stuff i think that probably he wasn't a huge fan of and some of that but even the animation you know it was, it was pretty shitty animation but i feel like that fits the tone of the movie so yeah maybe i'm guessing maybe he wanted to film some of that you know montage and instead they probably is cheaper just to do animation because it was quite a bit you know so yeah could be anyway i would love to hear i would love to hear what or see what you know he originally intended with this because i just don't know what else you know he would have done so yeah it would be kind of curious cool all right uh andrew what should be the next movie we talk about well Hmm, we got two more here. Uh, well, let's just, uh, let's go old school. Let's go uh, Monster on the Campus. Let's do uh, it. Do it. <laughs> well, uh, the fact, you know, it's 1958, so you know you're going to start out in, you know, Pleasantville, College Town, USA. Um, <laughs> uh Basically, from from what I can tell, this guy's a uh, he's a by a biology professor, and he gets this uh, celacanth uh, fish that's supposed to be this prehistoric fish that's you know it's never it's never been found in the in this state. It's it's so it's so well preserved, and apparently it's got like this blood in its in its system. Uh, and if it if it infects you, but it just turns you into like this this rampaging beast. But here's here's the thing: it only goes it it goes in your system, and then it cycles out very quickly, which I found to be odd. But <laughs> it wears uh, off. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it gets into uh, it gets into you know uh, a dog. And it like makes it grow like these really huge uh, canine uh, fangs, kind of like a saber toothed tiger. And the and, but the professor, um, what happens to him uh, as he's setting this giant fish down? Um, he the, the it goes it goes into his hand, and as it and it makes him bleed. But that's not what actually infects him. It's like the uh, the secretion, the secretions of the fish, I believe, are in its uh, in this water in this thing that it came in, like this this crater, bloody water. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Secretions. That, 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 <laughs> that's it. yeah. That's that's what. It, <laughs> I'm immature. Sorry. Move on. That's that. That's what infects him, and the thing, and, and it makes him. Uh, it kind of makes it. What's the word I'm looking for? It kind of just makes him like really woozy, and then he turns, you know, uh, and then basically he just turns like into this ape shit sort of not like really a wolf man, but almost like a Neanderthal. But and he ends up killing this woman named uh, Madeline, which I thought he was a real dick 
tour, actually, when he was like a normal a normal yeah. guy. Yeah. He was just like, you rather frighten me. I'm just like, what, what, a, what a dick thing to say to a chick <laughs> that actually, she's like really coming on to you. And I'm just like, and she's trying to help you out. I'm just like, you're an asshole. <laughs> um, and she's got a, uh, uh, they had like a Christine in this movie, only it was a convertible. Convertible, you guys noticed that? It was like a 58 Plymouth Fury. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and the shit, the, anyway, the shit gets like right on top of him, and he doesn't know this This is happening to him as, you know, the movie progresses. And uh, I noticed that his hands get like really, really huge. Uh, it looks like Andre the Giant was like at the crime scene <laughs> with uh, with all the blood and stuff. Uh, I I I tend to enjoy these uh, these old movies. I really do. Uh, I kind of there was a point like in my early teenage years uh, that I really got into the uh, the like the Roger Corman stuff and I would watch all the uh the Poe films with Vincent Price. I know that's that's the, 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 the those were in color, but I I find old films just refreshing every now and then. Um should I should I give I guess I got to give spoilers. Uh you guys you, you what what did you guys think? before we say anything else. I think it's a nice uh, palate cleanser for Cabin Fever 2. I mean, those I'd say those are the two absolutely polar opposites on this episode. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a very, very, very small bit where they overlap, and we fe- with the, it's the theme of the podcast with the back-to-school, the fact that it's, he's a teacher, and the fact yeah. that Cab- Cabin Fever happens on at a school that's the only singular thing that these two <laughs> movies share and i i love a good old black and white movie the scores were, were over you know just just gorgeous and just uh, i don't know just everybody like you said very pleasantville it's literally the language the looks of people everything is the polar opposite of cabin fever too so the i watched orchestral scores yeah. were, like you said were great yeah and so I, I really enjoyed this one just because it's 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 essentially to me it was like you know that somebody took a bunch of stories that we've seen in several other horror movies and sort of mashed them up. It was like he's not quite Wolfman, he's not quite the Fly, he's not he's somewhere in between all these, um, and he's just a monster on the campus, you know. It's a prehistoric yeah. I man. Mean it, yeah. It does. It does have its. It almost. I think it has its roots in Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. The strange yeah. case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Uh, did you also notice that he calls Doctor Moreau yep. in Madagascar? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was cool. Uh, and I love the fact that he, uh, uh, when he's. When he goes out and he injects himself with this stuff from this fish, did you guys, did anybody notice that he's dressed exactly like Adam from Beetlejuice at the end of the movie? Oh. With the, no, with I the didn't. checkered shirt? I, that's what I thought. I was just like, he looks exactly like the way Alec Baldwin was dressed. Um, 
I could definitely see uh, Tim Burton like loving this and, and <laughs> making that an homage, yeah. you know, pulling that. And uh, I love, I love, just I would love to get my hands on some of these old props in these movies. The right. giant freaking dragonfly. I mean, yeah. It, it you know this this movie you don't even have to really look and see when this movie was made you know it's in the fifties because yep. it's all that atomic age stuff you got to yep. have a big fucking bug radiation and was the problem of the whole movie exactly uh, it's just it's it's campy it's campy fun um, you know it's and. It's got a lot of old school uh, horror tropes that I noticed. It's just like it's got the singular hand coming, you know, <laughs> across, across the door or setting on someone's shoulder to freak them out. You know, yeah. I mean, I, even though that's a trope, I just I love them because I just it's almost like uh, you know, like it's almost like a different point in time is like winking at you. I guess I, I I don't know I think it's I think it's kind of cute I, I really do, um, and I forgot that everybody smoked back then you know, even if even if you even if you didn't smoke you had a pack of cigarettes or a pipe you know back in the fifties yeah. I mean hell they you know I remember the Flintstones seeing Flintstones uh, commercials advertising for cigarettes, uh, yeah I uh, I. Uh... I never, I feel bad, sort of. I never, like, voluntarily think about watching old black and white movies. It's never just something I think about. But every time I watch one, I'm like, damn, I really liked that. You know, I just, there's that, I, that half, like... I get in like, the mood. Do you? Yeah, I get in the mood around Halloween time, and I think it's because the when I first started volunteering and booking films at the theater... That first year, they basically said, you know, here's the days that you have open. Fill as many as you want, but we have no money. Yep. So, so I so I went on the search for, you know, public domain. And there's, there's like, you a know, million. very little. Yeah, there's a billion, but there's 99.9% of them are black and white and made, you know, before 1960. So I found, you know, some Stone, Stone Cold Classics and... You watched, you know, House on Haunted Hill, and I was—I was gonna say William Castle would be a great place to start. Absolutely. So that's what you know we did is we filled those dates, and there's something special about sitting in a classic theater like the Capitol, watching them in the dark in October with some friends, mm-hmm. where you're not, you know, House on Haunted Hill. You see the, you know, the the skeleton at the end, and and Vincent Price, and the, just everything about it is just, you know, and and this uh, this. These kind of movies remind me of that because they all sort of have not just because they're black and white, but the scores are all sort of similar. The acting, the, the everything is just a different time, you know. And those and movies promotion. are just yeah, just so classical to me. So like watching them is is nostalgic almost just for a good a good time in my life. So yeah, uh, and an, and another thing about these movies that were made you know by the you know the william cat the william castle kind of characters i've noticed that the movies almost become secondary to the promotion that he put behind them oh yeah he would have you know like the skeleton would be on uh, a pulley system and he would fly him around select select theaters and 
Percepto would be in the seats for the tingler, and it would, you know, it would yeah. buzz the chairs. And it, it's just there's 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 something special, you know. They they talk about you know the first you know golden age of the horror movie, um, with you know the Universal monsters and stuff like that. But I mean the the promotion that they did back in the 50s to you know to get you know people to the theater or, or to go to the coward's corner and you know get your full ticket refund of course they never got it but it was just there's there's something that needs to be you know uh at least i i i kind of romance it i just even though i wasn't even there i just think that's man what a, what a so great cool. I, I yeah what a great idea i mean what a great way to get people, you know, to your theater. I mean, they may not even like the movie, but I mean, you could you could get them there. The guy was uh, there were there were real, you know, uh, I guess uh, showman, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And this it was, was more than just a movie. And this was directed yeah. by Jack Arnold, who's responsible for some of my favorite old films. I mean, Creature from the Black Lagoon and. Oh yeah. yeah, the Incredible Absolutely. Shrinking Man is one of my favorites. Tarantula. I mean, this dude did some really good stuff. Yeah, I got that uh, Universal Blu-ray set last year, and I it's really kind of got you got me all excited to kind of get through it. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, like I said, I I don't know. I have if I'm in the right mood. You know what I mean? It's not. I, I'm not ever. You know, just. I can't just always put on a one of these types of movies and and be in the mood and love it. But if I I feel like I get this certain feeling when it's like there's like a chill in the air and it's you know a week a week night and I have an hour and a half or and and this is sort of cool. These are usually pretty short in general compared to yep you know modern horror. So you know you can watch probably a couple of them and just makes me feel of. Because in every every horror movie, even up to recently, I, I, but I remember a lot of them. You know, it was cheap and easy to throw a black and white horror movie on the TV in the background. So like, a characters are always watching black and white horror movies on TV. It's like, you know, now you don't get to when you turn on TV around Halloween time. You know, we don't have those black and white. You never almost you almost never see a black and white movie in general on TV anymore so Mm -hmm. i just remember when it was amc monster fest back when amc didn't you know show tv shows and they didn't have as many commercials and they ran horror stuff 24 7 during you know october 1st through the 31st they would late night they would show a lot of these old black and white movies they would they would show them after like 2 a.m but it was like you know i would stay up and watch some of them and just comforting i guess Yeah, don't you want that fish on your mantle? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Over the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> I want that giant I, dragonfly, man. That's what I'm saying. With its I hard would, plastic wings. That. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, like, throws this ridiculous net over it and stabs it. Yeah. And then conveniently holds it over his pipe. Yeah. Oh. I will say this: the the Molly chick that uh, was hanging by her hair, oh yeah, uh, she did a good job of like not of keeping like her death gaze. I was yeah. just like, how is yeah. I mean, how is she not blinking? You know, I was 
Like, that was almost uh, in this type of movie where everything, you know, it's not quite, like you said, sort of campy. But that scene, like, just her body there is sort of uh, eerie in a way, you know, like, yeah. almost unsettling for this type of movie because you didn't see a lot of that. A lot of the stuff was off screen or the scares relied on the big dragonfly, but just her body hanging there like when it the can't when the first shot you see is sort of you know unnerving i guess the one i i love the fact that they had the classic you know time lapse you know transformation scenes but the one thing that i thought was funny that i kind of put together oddly enough he teaches frat boys but he injects this plasma shit it makes him act like one where he just starts tearing shit up which you know, I've known I've known a lot of drunk frat boys in my day. That's how <laughs> how some of them act. You know, very 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 destructive. Yep, and there's no uh, no stopping them. I just love how these old films have that little feel of stage production, the way they're written, and yeah, definitely, definitely. I thought it was, I don't know, the ending was cool the way he knew it was him and he came to realize it was him and decided he had to take himself out I, I I also thought you know when they when they keep going into um, his his lab and they use they keep using the door that says use the other door <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Always, they're yeah, yeah. Always, they're always going in the wrong door that, that, that they're you know use the other door yeah if I got been going to this one <laughs> yeah that's a good one well alright I guess we should move on to the last movie see this is the one the last one is the one I thought you were leading up to Tad you're like oh this movie's so good this movie's I know so I awesome. sort of threw you a curveball you did I, I started I, 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 I like s- this one too this is this yeah. whole episode you know what I liked everything on this and this might be like the first in a long time so <laughs> Nice. I I could have sworn this is where you were headed, Tad. But I did. I started I, typing in cooties into IMDb, and I'm like, oh shit! I got to delete all that now. <laughs> yeah, cooties. Cooties. It's our last movie. How freaking funny is this movie? Yeah, I loved it. I uh, I'd seen it before, but Nikki yeah. hadn't seen it, and oh good. I was I was like, hey, you know, want to watch a movie? She's like, sure, and then. You, the first thing now she asks anytime I ask yep. her if she wants to watch a movie is it for the podcast and that's her that's like uh, if it's like yeah it's like okay I'm putting in headphones or I'm leaving the room uh, or I'll, I'll go clean the toilet or anything else but I was like no promise I, I promise you'll like this one you just gotta just watch the first five minutes and if you don't love it you can you, you don't have to watch it and she loved it so I, do you want me to talk about this one or yeah, who wants yes, to talk please. about it it's about yeah. a guy who wants to fuck a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty good. It's about a an, an, uh, young author who comes back to his hometown um, as he's trying to write his new novel about a guy who wants to fuck a boat. <laughs> and uh, he sub- substitute teaching at his old school, runs into an old uh, classmate who's now a teacher who, who's played by Allison Pill, who I, who I adore. I have a little crush on her. And, uh, by the way, the, this character we're talking about is played by Elijah Wood, who I absolutely have a crush on and yep. adore, too. Yep. <laughs> um, he's just 
behind the camera, in front of the camera, everywhere. If if there was one current working person in Hollywood that I could hang out with for a day, it would be Elijah Wood. Definitely, out of anybody, definitely anybody in the mm-hmm. world. Honestly, I would. I feel like you know he could be he could be on this podcast with us, and he'd fit right in. But, uh, anyways, he's he's substitute teaching on the absolute worst day because a um, a bad I, McNugget. I, a very a very mysterious virus yeah a bad chicken nugget spreads <laughs> sort of you know in the way of uh not not too unf- not too far from the uh cabin fever way but uh this virus breaks out and turns these uh kids into mass a mass uh fury of crazy little shits that just want to murder and eat and kill everybody so it's it's such a cool idea because you know it's it's something the the virus itself is something that's been done a million times before but yeah. putting it with kids in a school and the teachers are stuck and yeah. it's definitely definitely a horror comedy um but it's it's you know one of the writers is Lee Wanell who's also in the movie he's funny has it's one of those yeah. movies where um you know me and Nikki were watching and I was waiting for her to just sort of see every time a character popped up it's like hey i know that i know that guy i know that person i know her i know him i know him it's like yeah. one after one after one you know rain wilson gives one of his funniest performances so funny oh he's awesome rear wheel rear rear real real dual real real do oh my god <laughs> yeah cracking me up uh jack mcbrayer he plays i mean jack mcbrayer i love that guy be you know he cannot play anything nope. but Jack McBrayer, <laughs> exactly. and, I'm, and I'm fine with that because totally. it, he's just you know if you want that he'll give you that, and it's hilarious every time. Uh, like I said, Allison Pill, I've everything she's in, which once again Scott Pilgrim, she's. Uh, you ever see Newsroom? Yeah, dude, oh, she's awesome in everything. It. Yeah, and uh, Lee Wanell gives a hilarious so performance funny. as a very weird, funny. What what was he like at the biology or something teacher? Yeah. I forget. He was sort of the sciencey smart guy, who's sort Rebecca, of quiet. Out. Please, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, that's hilarious. Uh, uh, the dude from Lost that plays Hurley, he's he's like Corey a Garcia. Yeah, he's so he's fucking funny in this too. I mean, everybody yeah. just keeps popping up. You you see every one of these faces you've seen in something else. You know, it's it's just so funny. Uh, I'm gonna say funny like a hundred times because this movie's it really is. Funny. It's a it's the a movie blast. Is so quotable. It's so yeah. quotable. It's uh, my my line of the movie here. Uh, at least mine. Uh, it's by Rain Wilson. I will squeeze up there. I will squeeze up in there and slap your dick off. Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> uh teaching is the hardest job in the world and uh i i really i could i could really identify with that because my, my father was uh a teacher for 42 years Whoa. and he had to come home to a, a pain in the ass kid like me <laughs> so you know i don't think he ever had days like this in fact i'm positive he didn't but i mean he he got a lot of uh i know that they they because he was uh a male, you know, that, you know, that a domineering figure, they gave him a lot of the troubled kids sometimes. So, I mean, he would have his hands full a lot. So I was just like that, that one really hit home. And, uh, I think, uh, I wrote this down here like in the 
tradition of like Evil Dead and Night of the Living Dead, the invasion movies, I think they create a more intimate setting for the characters. And it always seemed to make me care more about them. When you know, because they're 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 kind of stuck in an uh, an isolated area, like it could be one room or two room or, or just one house, and it always made me care more about them for some for some reason. Yeah, you know, because they weren't just around everywhere. It's just a, it's just a more intimate setting because they're getting to know each other and you're kind of getting to know them with you know the the hero or the villain or whatever you're getting to know everybody and you kind of feel like almost like you're there like you're part of the clan and you're running around with them and i just i that's why i always liked you know movies like this where it's just it's just a kind of a tighter knit setting not necessarily just a small cast but when it's when the stakes are high and it's just you know everybody's really so close and that's one thing of course, that's just my perception. Yeah. I love how the movie sort of evolves. You know, at first it's sort of like you've got the little bit of the love story going on where, um, you know, the two two former classmates sort of have, you know, a crush on each other. And it evolves and things get more serious and everything, you know, things keep taking a turn for the worse when they, they think that they're getting help and they're up on top of the school and shit starts going wrong again. But... Uh, I think you're saying your favorite line. Mine, my favorite part in general is towards the end when, and, and this is a spoiler. If you haven't watched this, go watch this because I'm giving you a heads up. There's a spoiler. When you think Rain Wilson's character is dead and he comes back and he's got like, <laughs> he's got like shoulder pads on and he, he saves the day and he's the hero. It's so fucking funny, man. Like he, he goes like full Mad Max and he still can't do the, the real rule window <laughs> thing. It's like, oh, the, just bring that right back. And damn, that I love that scene when, you know, it's like the finale and it's so good. So it's time for the frog to fuck the caterpillar or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Hitachi <laughs> says that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, pretty funny lines. They even make a uh, reference to the Hobbit where, you know, oh, you'll sneak, ar- <laughs> yeah. sneak around like a little Hobbit. You know, uh-huh. th- I'll take the fight to them like a fucking orc. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just very tongue in cheek. Everybody there, look. I bet that cast like had a blast shooting this movie. Had to it, have. It feels yeah, like it's, totally. It's a lot of fun watching, and uh, it's very. It, and once, once again, it's not. It's not quite the polar opposite, but it's opposite of uh, Cabin Fever in the way that it is not mean spirited at all and it's, it's everybody you know you care about these characters so yeah as much as much as i like that one you know i do you care about these characters and you know yeah so so that's a good thing and i like the fact that they uh, they respond appropriately after that first kid is killed they have to kill it with a fire extinguisher i mean they teach these kids they are around these kids like all the de- all the time you know and you know, they knew this kid wasn't always like this. This he was just a regular boy, and they don't just be like, "Oh, we just killed the kid." You know, because some horror movies they they just do that just to keep going. I mean, they, these are adults that you know were ra- they're pretty much raising these kids, and I like the fact that they uh, they react appropriately. They just murdered a child, not because they wanted to, but that they had to. And I what like you, that. I, what? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I just was wanted to add that I also like the fact that uh, that the uh, the Calvin Calvin 
is a diabetic. It ups the stakes, you know, because yeah. I mean, it's it, more more tension, you know, more 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 at risk there. What do you think, Mike? What do you think of Cooties? I freaking love Cooties. I loved it the first time I watched it, and I was excited to rewatch it. And I mean, I almost forgotten how funny it was after the first time rewatching it. It's just so hilarious. You know, it's easy to, in hindsight, to think maybe it's a little darker than I than you know than you originally remember it because of the subject matter. You know, having to kill all these kids. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, it's so freaking I mean the horror that's what is the formula to good horror comedy. The horror is played straight and it's the it's the characters in the, how they deal with the situation that where the comedy comes from. And this movie handles that handles that great without it going too dark in the fact that I mean the premise is is a dark concept. There's a movie uh I think it's a Spanish film uh, called Who uh, Who Can Kill a Child? Am I the only one who's seen that? It's from the seventies, I think. I don't remember it. Heard of it? Can't say that. Can't say that I have. It's a really good film, and it's it's kind of the same thing. Where I mean, it's a little more. I think um, uh, Village of the Damned, where um, mm. <clears throat> where it's not like a zombie outbreak. Just kids just end up going freaking crazy and evil um and this couple who one of them's pregnant has to try to survive being on this on this island with all these kids and so that's i mean that's a serious film and it's straight and it is dark as f i mean uh but to kind of go so it's to not like it's not like beware children at play <laughs> no. one of my favorite traumas <laughs> no not at all Sorry. but that movie's great that movie is great i yeah. love that i love it <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so it's kind of taking that same theme of like you know just children going evil and making a comedy out of it I, mean, I just I think they just hit the tone just right with this movie but I, it also helps having the cast that it has too and I, I'm curious to know if, how much improv is going on um, who's the actor Jason on the on the far right there that one He's uh, one of the writers. He's um, Lee 1L. Yeah, from Saw and uh, the what was it? The oh, that is him. Yeah, but yeah, not uh, not the Conjuring, but what are the other ones that are Insidious. sort of like? Insidious. Yes, yeah. he's in, he's one of the. Uh, the Upgrade. Dudes in the I city. hear that's good. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. I didn't even put two and two together. That was that was him. Jesus, but he was probably out of the teachers. Well, other than of course, obviously. Um, What's his name as the as the coach? But oh, Rank Wilson, yeah. Yeah, um, but he was probably my second favorite character because some of his moments oh, just nuts. were hilarious. When <laughs> when he slaps the one guy screaming at him to calm down after he's Way already after calmed he's down <laughs> twice. Yeah, it was oh so good. Even his opening scene when he's in his classroom and he's got those like. Um, those pieces, those like that anatomy thing, velcroed to him, yeah. and he's like talking about how, you know, his brother lost his liver to alcoholism and then lost his mind to divorce or whatever. And he's like, "Well, that was my weekend. Let's get to work." You know, like what? <laughs> oh fuck! He's reading a book that says how to have a normal conversation. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and then tried it and it didn't work. 
Uh, so kudos to him. Kudos on cooties. Uh, kudos to him for being, you know, because he, I mean, I've listened to a lot of horror podcasts, and he gets a lot of slack for his acting. You know, people are not the biggest fans of him on the acting chart, but um, chops. But uh, um, I thought he was hilarious in this. I thought he did a great job with the comedy. And what's great about it too with him is, is this, it's 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 a more subtle comedic performance. It's a little more subdued. It's not over the top. So he's very dry. Yes, there you go. That's a good way of putting it. He's very dry. So. Yeah, and I'm just a huge Elijah Wood fan. Um, he can't really Coolest do anything wrong. What's that? Coolest dude. He is, truly is. Because this, this is his production company, right, that made this one? Isn't it? The I just saw it. Damn it. SpectraVision? Yeah. Yeah, that's them, isn't it? Him and those two other guys? Yeah, because they did uh, Mandy recently. That's their thing too oh was mandy know. theirs okay i cool. think yeah cool so yeah i always you know when you watch something like this it's i think this did like very what very very limited release and you know vod if i remember correctly yeah and it's just like you know i just don't see why this couldn't succeed not necessarily a huge wide release but it's like i don't know anyone outside of my horror friends that have seen this and I know so many people would love this. Yeah, yeah it has, absolutely. It has names in it, you know, and it's weird I've owned because... i for a couple of years. <laughs> yep, yeah. Same. And, you know, Rain Wilson, he sort of, after The Office, he went and did, like, Rockstar or whatever that was, and yeah. I felt like that sort of, you know, put him in acting jail where no one wanted to cast him as a lead but you know this this shows that he's not just a white because he looks different he's a completely different character but he's so goddamn funny in a different mm-hmm. way <laughs> yeah. so it's sort of tragic you know and you feel for him because his own girlfriend i mean he's a dick throughout the movie but his you know his own girlfriend is you know crushing on a different dude which i can't blame because i've you know, like I said, I crushed on Elijah Wood too, but so size. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> he just he just doesn't age either. It's like no, it's amazing. You know, he's he's <laughs> in everything. It's, we can do a whole Elijah cast if we want, but <laughs> we probably <laughs> should do an Elijah Woods episode. You know, we talk yeah, about yeah, Maniac. Sure. We can talk about the Good Son. Pod Shop. Pod oh. Shop Chronicles. Yeah. The wow. good son. <laughs> yeah, the good son. <laughs> oh boy, we you could guys probably really faculty. Yeah, try to, faculty. Uh, there you go. Try to push some. Uh, but let me see if I can get a hold and see if I can get him on the episode. That'd be fun. Yeah, do that. But he's from Iowa. Maybe there might be a chance. You know, just be like, hey, you want to talk to some some uh, hometown boys so, from your roots? Don't forget your roots. Roots. And the movie ends right on that oh, on oh. that too. That's awesome. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Definitely recommend this a lot. Big time, big time, big time. Yeah, even noobs could handle this one because it's so funny and it's yeah. done so well. It does have quite a bit of gore in it. It's got some good gore scenes. Yeah, a lot of child murder, but sure. Yeah, a lot of child murder. And a really good uh, shit, funny shit scene where he's 
you know, well, that's why I'm wearing gloves, and they're like, you're not wearing gloves. I I will say this, guys. Uh, between the, you know, we've got movies here that you know, even you know, decades apart, and yes, they're all they all have to do with uh, academia. But if you, did you notice that? In all of these movies, there is a host for something that's not supposed to, you know, to be inside the host. You know, with Jennifer, it's a demon. With Cabin Fever, it's a it's a contagion in the water. With uh, Cooties, it's uh, it's the same thing with a uh, with a food recall. And there's also an infection with Monster on on campus. You know, yeah. granted that's that's a professor. But I've noticed in these in these movies with like ac- you know academia, it, it's uh, it has to do with either a slasher or a contagion, you know, and basically that's 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 two things that you have to realize when you're growing up, and maybe maybe I'm getting a little too cerebral here, but uh, subconsciously, you know, you're uh, you're always changing. When you're going through school, you know mm-hmm. whether you know you're having growth spurts going up. You're going through pre, per, uh, through uh, through uh, through puberty, you know, and then that you just you just amplify the horror, you know, through that. Whereas you know in other uh, stories with you know school, whether it be prom night or slaughter high or hell, uh, even popcorn or or scream, you know. When you go, when you're growing up in typical teenage thinking, you're thinking you're bulletproof, and then pretty soon, you know, if it's a slasher movie, you're gonna realize you're gonna, you know, you're not bulletproof at all, you know. And I've had friends die at a young age, you know. And so you come to the realization, you know, and especially in a in a horror movie, you're not gonna make it to, you know, the fall mixer when your intestines are missing. <laughs> But it's also yeah. like the uh, like arch enemy in like comic books or something. They're like the smart guy, the thing that can beat it is micro, small thing, and I'm bad at words. <laughs> I, well, I I was thinking on even less of a you know way less deep than Andrew. I, I really like your train of thought. I'm not that smart to go that deep. So I I was thinking just more of when. Uh, I know several teachers, and I know when I was in school, it's like putting you in close quarters like that where people are, you know, elbow to elbow and touching things and, you know, sick kids. It's like every you always are just, in general, more sick. Sickness spreads. One kid gets lice, everybody has to get treated. Uh, yeah. One kid has a cold and a teacher, you know, teachers are always sick, um, but they have to go to work anyways, and there's always a sick kid in school, and kids, every day there's fucking kid thrown up in the hallway well it's interesting that you bring that up like i have a lot of friends that are teachers and it's kind of interesting how they uh deal with 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 sickness and stuff nowadays in the school system like you could you can have um like 101 temperature and they won't send you home wow um but if you are feeling perfectly fine and yet you throw up like let's say you ate something bad at lunch and you throw up, you have to stay home for the next 24 hours. Um, and then, like, also I learned a lot uh, from, my, from my neighbor, like, um, you know, 
let's say a kid gets hit on the playground for whatever reason and starts bleeding, that there's a there's a big procedure that you have to deal with when it comes to blood with kids on a playground. Oh, bloodborne pathogens and stuff like that. I hear about that stuff at work all the time. Yeah. Safety first, kids. That's right. Uh. But another interesting thing that I think makes Cootie stand out amongst other films dealing with, you know, school-related horror films is that this one's about the adults trying to survive. You know? It's yeah. like, you, you, you mentioned um, Faculty, or you mentioned a lot of those slasher films, and it's always like the kids and the adults don't believe them, and, you know, and the... the the adults are either non-existent or um, or they're part of the problem. And this one, it's it's the adults trying uh, the adults trying to survive, and it's the the kids that are the uh, the problem. So that's true. Yep. I would. would a, well, uh, in a in a comical twist, I get. What would you? How would you classify? I mean, it would be a vampire movie. But at the same time, it could be considered an infection movie, and it takes place sort of in a school. What about Once Bitten? Ah, yeah, I haven't seen that in forever. That's a good movie. Jim Carrey one? Yeah. Yeah, Lauren Hutton. I've never seen it. You've never seen Once Bitten? No. Oh, my God. Or Or I could go the horror route and say, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yep, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that means nope. I haven't seen House of the Devil yet, so don't be mad at me. Oh, yeah, you need to see that. I thought you saw that not too long ago. No. All right. Well, cool. All right, well, I guess that uh, kind of wraps up the, the main conversation here. Yeah. Um,. I think what our lessons learned today is that school's bad. <laughs> Drop out of school, kids. That's right. Yeah, or detention for you. You'll learn life better in the streets. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, it'll be, sh- it'll be segments time here on Attack of the Killer podcast. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. this show with a late breaking bulletin insane mike here and attack of the killer podcast is super excited to announce that we are now being sponsored by shutter that's right shutter the premium screening service for us horror fans so what i want to do right now is take a moment and tell you a little bit about shutter if you don't know already 
Like Shudder is awesome, and I know we've talked about it on the show quite a bit, um, but now that we are uh, teaming up with Shudder, uh, I want to give you the full scoop. If you have not signed up for Shudder yet, you need to do it now. You can stream great horror movies and suspense films for $4.99 a month or $49.99 for a year. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Um, we just kind of... We, we always kind of refer to it as the Netflix for horror fans. It's really cool, man. Like, I check it constantly because there's always new spine-tingling, thrilling, shocking horror and edge-of-your-seat suspense added every single week. You sign up for it, you get unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices, you know, such as your iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox, um, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, Android devices. It's pretty cool because Shudder also has a unique collection of exclusive and original films and series, horror classics, and blockbuster hits. Yeah, they got some great exclusives too, like they did that sweet, sweet Joe Bob Briggs' Last Drive-In, which I've watched over and over and over again. It's really cool. You can watch that stuff at your leisure, or you can watch like the actual live streaming as well. Um, so sometimes I'll just click and put it on just the live streaming just to have something in the background. I'm telling you, if you have not experienced Shudder yet, man, you have to check it out. It is super cool. I mean, if you are a horror fan of any type, I swear to you, there's something on there for every type of horror fan. It's great. I mean, when I first got Shudder, I was so excited. They had a crap ton of Jalo movies on there. I'm like, who does that? You can't find Jalo on Netflix or Hulu, but you can find that on Shudder, man. Super, super exciting. Super awesome. So... I say check it out. Now, what we're going to do, since Attack of the Killer Podcast has formed this partnership with Shudder, we are so excited that we are going to give you guys free 30-day trial of Shudder. That's right. You could try Shudder for free for 30 days. Go to Shudder.com backslash podcast and use the promo code AOTKP. That's right. A-O-T-K-P. Put in that promo code and you can get Shutter for free for 30 days. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So check it out. Check out Shutter today if you don't already have this service. Because it is super awesome. And now, back to the show. And we're back on Attack of the Killer Podcast, and it's segments time, so it's everybody's favorite segment, Shoutouts! It's time for... Shoutouts! That's right, just ask what your favorite back-to-school horror movies were, and on Facebook we got Brian McNail says, The Faculty... Loved it as Invasion of the Body Snatchers is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, he says Battle Royale. What the Hunger Games uh-huh. should have been. Yeah. Yep. And Suspiria. What more can be said about one of the most classic movies ever made? And he's right. He's, else yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Good choices. Then we got Andrew Moeller. He says After Midnight. 
I don't, uh, know I don't that think one. I've seen that. We gonna let it all hang out. I think that's <laughs> a sorority row. Now that's the remake, right? Is he referring to literally the remake of House on Sorority Row? Because mm. the remake was you just called him. Sorority Row. Yes, I am asking yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Um, he also likes the woods. That movie Carrie. is Carrie. Oh, nice. Totally good one. Uh, Dance of the Dead. I haven't seen that one yet either. Uh, so good. Is it? Oh, I love it. I, I love it. It's a great, you know, z- zombie uh, high school movie. It's it's actually really good. They, they, they actually have a coach in that one that's just hilarious. It's always the coach. It's always the coach. <laughs> Coaches. And then lastly, uh, Andrew says what would be my honorable mention, Night of the Creeps. Noise. Yep. Classic. Yeah. Um, Izzy Sutton. Izzy, what's Izzy? up, buddy? What's up? He says prom night. Yeah. Up next, we got Terry Turford. Terry! Woo! She says the original Carrie. Happy Death Day. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. So good. That was one of my top ten. I have not last seen year. that. Dude. Oh, it's so good. It's good well, horror I mean, comedy. It's so good. It's probably hey, that, overselling that could be it. on my. That's on my uh, what we watched going back to the beginning. I I watched that one recently too. So oh awesome. well, real quick, what'd you think? I I saw it in theaters. I've seen it like three times, oh, okay. but <laughs> I'm rewatching it because it's uh, one of the houses at Halloween Horror Nights. So oh, oh no kidding, it comes back. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, we'll have fun getting out of that Groundhog's Day. Yeah, you don't want it, to. It, right? They're doing a they're doing a house where it's uh, that and with the uh, the first purge, which I'm like. Should have just kept it. Happy Death Day, but whatever. <laughs> she also Anyways. Sa- yeah, she also says The Craft. Good one. Good, good one. Hello, Mary Lou. Prom Night 2. Yeah! yeah. So Woo. good. I think you forced her to watch that, maybe. What's that? I think you forced her to watch that once, maybe. Yeah, I think probably. And Scream. Watch that. Of course, watch Scream's that on her ago. list. What? Hello, Mary Lou? Yeah. 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 That was on what one of my what we watched. Oh, that's oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Ironside. It was on a pretty recent episode too. Yeah, yeah. We had it on. And then she also says, also not a movie, but shout out to Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Yeah, uh, I think I've only ever watched the first couple episodes, but I see the whole thing's up on a Hulu now. I think so. I've I've been. Thinking about uh, checking out the whole thing. Like the first episode wasn't enough to grab me at the time, um, but uh, yeah. I yeah think as soon as we get done with the it. purge, then we'll watch that. Yeah, yeah. I'll purge the purge and then. Okay, so then Brian uh, McNeil chimes in and says, "Oh, I always forgot. I always forget about Prom Night Two. LOL." How could you forget? How could you? Derek John says, "Even though some people say it's not horror, but my favorite is." Class of '84. Yeah, we, yeah, fuck yeah! I think we did that last year for the back to school episode, yep, didn't we? Yep, yep. Both those yeah. two, and yeah, very early Michael J. right there. Yeah, yeah. Also, Carrie and Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night Two. Good picks, Derek. We got Scary Gary Cooper says Scary Gary. cheerleaders must die. That is currently now on. Netflix, I think. No, it's on Shutter. It's on Shutter. Yeah. 
Um, I liked it. Yeah. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. yeah. Did, did, did Ty West produce it? Ty West, I thought, was involved in that one for some reason. I can't remember. Anyway. I don't know. Up next, we got Brian Clark. Woo, what's up, Brian? Booty. Says, in addition to all the great titles already mentioned, Pieces. <laughs> yeah. Phenom- <laughs> phenomena. <laughs> Reanimator. Yeah, that takes yeah, place at a school. Is. Yeah, that's true. And a little known Australian flick called The Stay Awake. Oh, don't know that one. Of course, he's got to find something that Super we've never heard of. of. And it's got to be an Australian film, figures. And then Terry chimes in and says, Phenomena. Yep, I think just to get more of that. <laughs> Up next, we got Lisa Mary says, Carrie first and foremost, but cutting class will always have a special place in my heart. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that fucking movie. Uh, I think cutting class has turned into quite the inside joke on this show. So, Yeah. Next we got Joe Nidal says Night of the Creeps. Woo. Next we got Jessica Irish says Scream or Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker may not be horror, but damn those mean girls were scary. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen Jawbreaker. It was alright. Okay. It's a Denise Richards one, right? Yeah, and uh Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Yeah. And then lastly on Facebook, we got our pal Mike Reeb. The Reebster. Woo! Hey, Mike. He says... We all know Mike. We do. Yeah. What, what was it? I'm sorry. Andrew luckily gets to go to a store if he kind of wants to. Yeah, you lucky son of a bee. Oh, yeah. Yep. Not fair. One of uh, the perks. <laughs> I've lived in a couple towns over. <laughs> he says, Night School. Slaughter High. Yeah. And one of my so favorites... Student bodies. Yes! Student freaking bodies. Love it. Love student bodies. And we didn't get anybody on Twitter, and we didn't get anybody on Instagram. I know, it's so sad, right? That's alright. There's still time if you want to call in. You can call into our hotline. It's hot. That's right. Ah, And leave us a voicemail, and we'll play it on the show. See, popcorn would be on my list oh, because yeah. that that takes place at a film school, and I I always dug that movie ever since I was a little kid. So oh, yeah, J- don't worry, Jason and I are huge fans of that huge movie. Popcorn too. fans, Pop- mm-hmm. popcorn. I always wanted the clock with the the blood pumping out of it. Yeah, that screams. Yeah, yeah. Just more giant mosquitoes. So. all. <laughs> yeah, more bugs. Or mine would be summer school. I know it's not necessarily horror, but no, but it's Chainsaw and Dave. It's a comedy yeah. made for horror fans. For horror, because it's got two horror fans in it. That's right. As in Black and Decker? No, as in Texas Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, anyway, yeah, you can call in four one five nine five two six eight five seven or. To shorten it up and make it easier, it's 41595-AOTKP. And that's shout-outs. Now we should move on to the second favorite segment of the show, Insane's Picks. (laughs) 
Thank you, Jason. So, Insane's Picks for this episode, I found this on Shudder, um, from 1976, I believe. I forgot to write down the date, but it's uh, Wolf Guy. What the heck is Wolf Guy, you ask? Well, it's a um, 70s grindhouse horror Asian movie starring Sonny Chiba. So... You had me at Sonny Chiba. So, Sonny Chiba is Wolf Guy. Um, he's the only survivor of this clan of werewolves. Um, and he uh, has, like, these superpowers and solves, like, weird crimes. One night, a uh, bizarre and bloody death in Tokyo um, that he witnessed um, sends him down this, like, conspiracy populated by crooked politicians, naked white women, um, and a phantom tiger. So, um, it's a... Wow. It is a... It's a bizarre film. Uh, it's, Sonny Chiba's the man. He's like... Yeah. You know, Bro Bruce, Bruce Lee was badass. You know, Jackie Chan is hilarious. But uh, Sonny Chiba is, is like, badass. The street fighter, man. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say he's Hattori Hanzo. Yeah. Um, and so I so I never heard of this movie before, and I so I watched it on Shutter over the weekend, and it's pretty awesome. It's a little weird and kind of confusing, and I think it's kind of confusing because you don't really learn much about how Sonny, Sonny Chiba is this half man, half werewolf guy. Until probably about late second act, early third act of the film, and he never really turns into full-on werewolf. So, you know, based on the title and the description of the movie, I was a little confused. Like he obviously is a bit more than just a mortal man in the movie, but um, but I didn't get the werewolf connection or any of that stuff till till it kind of tells the backstory of of the. Uh, the clan of werewolves that he belonged to when he was a kid. Then I learned that this is actually a sequel to a movie called Horror of the Horror of the Wolf in 1973, and in that oh. one, um, he actually does go through a werewolf uh, change sequence in the movie. So, um, so now it kind of makes a little bit more sense. I feel like you have to probably watch. I need to try to find Horror of the Wolf. Um, you probably have to watch that one to get. Um, to probably get Wolf Guy a little bit better, uh, but it's 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 got some interesting you know low budget greenhouse seventies gore in it where people are attacked by again a phantom tiger, like all of a sudden just like claw marks start showing up on people their clothes are flying getting ripped off and blood's flying everywhere, so it gets it it's got some cool gruesome moments and it's got some great action scenes with Sonny Chiba, you know kicking some ass as per usual. Um, you know, so it's, it's definitely a bizarre film and it's, it's a unique film. It's, again, it's very grindhouse-y and that's something I would usually expect to see, uh, from this era in Asian cinema. Uh, it has a lot of nudity in it. Um, you know, this, at one point he's getting beat down by these mafia guys and this, uh, this hot chick who just introduces herself into the story on a motorcycle um, rides in, rides away with Sonny Chiba, saving his, saving him, takes her back to her place, and then they do it. And that's your introduction to this woman in the movie. So, um, uh, 
there's a, I think a lot of like uh, hidden message in here about um, sexually transmitted diseases linked to uh, werewolfism in uh, in this story. So, uh, but it, like I said, it's on Shutter right now, so it's definitely worth a watch. Check it out, uh, Wolf Guy. He's a guy. He's a wolf. He's a wolf guy. He's a wolf guy. Giving you STDs. That's right. So that's it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And you look like you have something to say. No, I was just, well, I was going to thank Larry one more time for uh, joining yes. up to be a patron. It's super freaking awesome. Thanks, Thanks Larry. Larry. Larry again for being a Patreon supporter. That is awesome. Larry! Exactly. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and. And you too can be a Patreon supporter by going to patreon.com backslash AO2KP. And, you know, we'll uh, gush about you on on a future episode if you become a Patreon supporter. And you get to watch me play with my toys in my basement. That's, That's right. right. It's good videos. <laughs> so, and you may be seeing some of me. Yay! Yay! I, I might have to subscribe to watch that when you start posting videos. Not that I don't like Mike's videos, but uh, you don't. You know, I can I can only see, well I I can only watch so much of me and you. So you know, yeah. get, getting a little Fresh uh, faces on there, yeah. getting a little Andrew in there. You know, I think we'll uh, see yeah. some more Patreon subscribers. You no, know we get, will. I think so too. So I'd, I'll do my best. Be gentle, it'd probably be my first video, so. <laughs> okay, so that, that's it for this episode. We'll talk to you all guys again soon on the next episode of Attack of the P- Killer... Oh, my God. Attack of the Killer <laughs> Podcast. Real, 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 real. <laughs> oh, no. Could this be the end of... Fix the ending. Attack of the Killer Podcast.